this is this is this is this is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. Welcome back, everybody. Well, this is what it's about right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. I get my grown man on, yo. All right. I, 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 can, say that. I can say that now. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Nah, nah, what it's about is, is, is everybody out there, you know, the family, so. There you go. Yeah. Episode 47, y'all. I got my big brother, one of my mentors in the game, Craft. Uh, um, he's going to tell us so much tonight. Uh, we got a lot to dig into. Um, Cheers, by the way. I wish I had I wish I had a drink on me tonight, but cheers to you, oh, man. Hey, look. Salute. Salute, yo. Salute. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, um, getting into this episode, man, um, what does dance start for you, man? What, what, is it, what, do you, what, do you, what do you feel like your story begins? Uh, uh, 1995, 96, uh, on Fort Belvoir. I'm a military brat. Um, just came from Germany. Uh, as soon as I got here, like you know, I hit it up with with Remedy. You know, that was that was my boy. I didn't. I don't think I went anywhere with that dude without that dude. Um, you know, I think around that time we had two guys that were actually from Cali. Uh, his name one dude was named AJ. He was Puerto Rican, and another dude named Kenny. Uh, I think his name Kenny Robinson. Um, and you know they would pop. And shit, you know, you know, I didn't know much about it. Uh, to be honest, I thought breaking was an Asian thing when I came to this area. Because when I got here, I would go to Springfield Mall, and they would have, like, Cambodians and um, and Koreans, and, they, you know, they would be dancing, but then they'd be fighting, you know, in the arcade. Um, so I was like, I, was, I just thought it was something that they did. Um, but I think Keith must have got a hold of, of like, um, uh, electric boogaloo a breaking, and you know, then we would start practicing. And you know, we had cardboard. You know, we would go out in, in our neighborhood and do stuff. And then, you know, I, I mean, definitely credit to, to to Keith Remedy is that you know took that joint to the next level. It's like, oh, this is this is what I'm gonna do. And um, you know, we would go to the gymnasium on base practice we had this little sony ass this little sony boombox listening to the wackest music trying to trying to try to break to it you know uh we listened to like shit i don't know like this r&b and stuff because we just didn't have you know the outlets we weren't connected yet you know so you know trying to just put it all together you know uh keith being older than me he was able to uh, experience some of this some of these things that i that i wasn't so um as we got older and we kept practicing a little bit, um, he would come back from the clubs and telling me crazy, like mystic stories about, oh, there was this dude with a that could spin on a cane, and another dude had a a tattoo on his neck of a eye of an eye, and another was a white dude that could dance and he could spin on his fucking hands forever, you know, um, and then like you know, of course that piqued my interest, you know, I'm like shit, this is like you know, I don't know, some like 
fucking Dungeons and Dragons. Like there's like these like sorcerers and shit, sorcerers out there. So, um, you know, so I, I, I kept, kept at it, you know? Um, and I think once in, cause once I got into high school, you know, which was like the next year, then, uh, slowly we were introduced to other people who, who danced, um, the size. So, uh, lazy rock, um, M- Mikey, which was kid chaotic. Um, they actually, you know, they had been doing it for a while already. So for me, that's when I kind of started to kind of get my, my footing under me and kind of, kind of go my own way. Um, uh, Mikey started a, the hip hop dance crew for, for Hayfield. Um, and we got other people that were interested and he was pretty much probably my first, like one of my first mentors I've, I've had, I've, I've had a lot, you know, and when I say mentors, like, I mean, I think in this culture, there's, we're inspired by everyone, right? Like, I mean, I could sit here for hours, just name the people who have inspired me in some way. And it doesn't have to be necessarily like just about movement or dancing, but um, still related to the culture. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's all, that's always a hard thing to do is think, like seeing where your, your motivation and kind of your inspiration came from. So, yeah. so anyway, circling back to your question, where it started, started in about 95, 96, um, Fort Belvoir, uh, with literally me and, and me and Remedy and other guys in our neighborhood. Okay. We're going to get a little bit later on into like, into like the best way I can, best way I can say is like, we're going to get into like how you feel from your best memory, Disco. how you got put down, how you got put down with everything. But before we get there, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. the dance play circuit in high school was like a big thing for you at mm-hmm. a young age with like these two hour long shows that I can't even picture like being that long, but. Like what? Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Um, and how how did it all come about? Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, so I was like, that's at the point where I was really dancing, um, with with hip hop, uh, the hip hop club at at Hayfield, my high school club, and so Dwayne also went to our school. He was much much older than me, or a couple of years older. But you know, when you're that age, like two years is like a, a huge gap, right? Um, so he would come around, check out the crew, uh, you know, the, the Hayfield crew, see what was going on. Cause he was like the big dog, right? Like, you know, he was like, he's an already experienced, you know, and we were the, the young bucks, the unexperienced people. Um, so slowly I would kind of get worked into the other group of you know, older, you know, older people, um, older B boys and B girls. Um, and so when I started to do those, those shows, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I felt kind of like small, you know, and it was a little weird. I mean, not in a bad way. It's just that I'm a, you know, I am slowly getting into the culture and I look around. I was like, yo, these, these, these people got their shit together. You know what I mean? I'm like surrounded by some of the best dancers on the East Coast, right? We got people coming from Philly, uh, crazy natives. You know what I mean? We got cricket coming down. We got a lot of people coming to demonstrate their skills and put, put on a show. Um, so in that way, I felt kind of small, but at the same time, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm just soaking it in. I was like, yo, this, this throw it all at me. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, but it was, it was pretty amazing when I saw like the amount of uh, effort that it goes into putting on something like that. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm still young. I haven't seen, much of the world at this point, you know what I mean? Other than being a military brat moving around. Um, so seeing like, I was like, Oh snap, man, that's a, 
you know, a transgender person, let's say, uh, you know, uh, person from this culture, or that culture. And then it was, it was dope because then I was like, oh, I can, I can see more of like uh, a microcosm of like humanity. I was like, oh man, this is, this is dope because I, I can feel the people, right? Um, but as far as dancing is concerned, like, man, I was definitely overwhelmed, you know? Um, it just, it was just cool that, um, that was because that was ran by NSC that, um, that the old cats was like, you know, they were, they were receptive and like bringing me under their wing. So, yeah. Oh, but those, those shows were dope, though. I mean, I, it was it was amazing to see the people around me. I'm like, yo, that person is fly. That dude is, is sick. You know, um, yeah, it was, I was just you know admiring pretty much everybody. How many shows did you guys do? Was it like was it like a weekly thing, or was it like a like a every month kind of thing? Or I think it was uh, on more of a monthly thing. Um, Okay. that they were, they were doing and then again this was this was the dc the dance place studio was like something that they kind of like uh leased um but it was like a ballet studio most of the time um but going there man that dude that that's what those were some good times going up in the studio anyone who knows and, th and the thing is it was before me as well right so it's like generation after generation um so i, I it was it was dope it was dope okay so, so I, since we're talking about plays, I feel like another huge, iconic play that you were part of that mm -hmm. I feel like those of you we can talk about. Well, just talk about a lot of my podcasts is Ron the Bird. How did that whole experience happen? Because I know, like, I, apparently there was like different intervals of that whole play, right? So you came down after yeah. like, the first one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, as, as, far, as far as I can remember, um there had been at least one or two waves of that show, um, Camila Jones uh, from Howard University. Um, Sonny and, and, and Noob had, had done one for sure that I knew of. Um, and then I, I guess Camila reached out to NEC. Um, I think, you know, Brent wasn't available at that time and, you know, asked if I want to do it. And I was like, sure, hell yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I ain't got nothing going on right now. Um, <laughs> But uh, I mean, outside of that, it was like, you know, I was like, I would love to have the experience. Um, and then also Tiger, Tiger from NEC uh, was part of the show as well. So I think I had just like one audition. And so after after meeting her one time and dancing for her, you know, we had had headed to um, Dallas. So Deep Ellum, which is like their arts district. Um, and that was like, that was a fun experience because, again, like, you know, being kind of like you bunked up essentially with, with people that you've never, you never knew before this, um, but have incredible talents, right? You know, like rap, you know, MCs, DJs, dancers, actors. And again, circling back to the whole feeling that I got from some of the, uh, uh, the studio shows was like, you feel kind of like a, like a, like small in a room full of giants because, you know, some of these people have are literally going to school for this, you know, so it's like, you know, it's kind of like game on. Like, I got to try to do my best, bring my best, um, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was was dope. It, you know, the whole Cain and Abel story, um, trying to, like, you know, have my movements actually become physical, you know, uh, portions of, of the play. You know, I'm trying to interpret, you know, what, what the, the actors or what the story is trying to say at that time. Um, kind of open my eyes to be a little bit more like, um, you know, 
more contemporary, open myself up a little bit more to dance. Because, you know, we're, you're so used to that boom, bap, like, get it, boof, ah, boof, ah, you know, so I had to like, you know, and be more creative and like, and it was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, vulnerable, right? It's like, I'm, I'm hip hop, like, but you want me to go and do this show and kind of like soften it up a little bit or like be expressive. And it, that part I was not used to, but it was a huge growth. Um, and it opened my eyes because that's, you know, it's, it's like, like the language, learning the language of dance. Cause that my language was, was hip hop, you know, fucking, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, just hip hop. But now I was like, okay, there's different, there's different levels to this. There's different aspects of the different perspectives. Um, so yeah. And I, I totally went off off the topic. <laughs> nah, this, this, hey, man, this is what it's all about. No, 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 no. This is what it's all about, man. This is what it's all about. I, I like you guys mm-hmm. going into zone, yeah. man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was going to say, I can't do a Phil Yetson, yo. I can't do a products. I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, I'll read over the questions and shit. I was like, man, I'm already, like, I know he had some chart analysis. Like, well, at this point in time, at five o'clock, you know, but I, you know, I can't do that. I ain't that organized, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, good, you know. Um, this wasn't one of my questions that we went over, but I feel like um, I'm asking anyways. Yeah, yeah. No, I was saying I, I was climbing my, I was climbing a field, but you know that's my, that's my boy. So hell yeah, man. We get there. We will get to that. Uh, is there, is there a meaning behind your name? Did, did somebody give you a name, or was it just a name? <laughs> you came up, came up with? Oh shit! I wasn't expecting that one. I don't know why. Dude, I hated this fucking name. I'm not gonna lie. But you know, but it's funny because, uh, so when I was doing the hip hop um, club at Hayfield, again, uh, you know. Mikey was running it. Uh, Dwayne was coming by. He was like, he he was like the warden, yo. He would come by and just like, yo, check on motherfuckers. Like, yo, what you doing? Now nah, do that shit over again, yo. And he would come. He wouldn't even come in like every practice. He'd be like once every week or once every month, you know. It was like checking. Like, I'll do that shit again. And so when it came time to like transitioning to like, okay, you know what? I starting to consider myself a b boy and the people around us either leveled up or also would consider themselves b-boys it was like okay what's the next you know what's the next step it's time to get a name so you know i would love to give myself a name everyone else would too but you know as you can see right now i'm smiling like a motherfucker right the droopy (laughs) ass smile overbite teeth hanging out and um so Dwayne was like, all right, his name is Kraft because that motherfucker be smiling every time he dance. So that's where it came from. And um, but you know what? I I love that shit though. You know what I mean? It's like it's like that love hate. You know, when I yeah, when I yeah. say like, God damn it, and it's, you can't turn it down. I I ain't even be like no. You know when the OG says, yo, that's your name. That's your name. So nope. that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a um, you were like in a very unique situation. I feel. And I feel like it's a good question to ask. Like, you, you kind of repped, but you definitely repped NEC. Everybody knows that. But I think a lot of people know that you also, at one point, you know, were part of the original Route to the Fire crew. Yeah. To your best, to your best memory. <laughs> how, did those, how did those overlap each other? And what's the timeline to your best, to your best memory yeah. from what you remember? Oh, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> um, so when I was still in doing, again, doing the Hayfield hip hop um, joint, so out of the blue, so we used to practice in the wrestling room, which I think actually a lot of people for some reason end up doing because it's like 
available space is soft. You can't fucking hurt yourself. Um, so um, Dara Stride comes rolling. I don't even know who his name. I don't even know his name at this point. Comes rolling to to the gym, and we've been practicing. You know, there's a bunch of us around. Uh, Keith Smith, another guy, another dude named Keith. Um, it was like Mikey was there. It was like uh, this guy named Jason. It was like four. There's I don't know, probably actually I don't know, eight people around. You know, Dar rolls up to this joint, takes his gear off, and just starts battling motherfuckers. Yo, just like straight up, like you. You know, and then essentially. We were so, at least, you know, definitely I was so inexperienced and so whack at that point. I was like, I can't battle this motherfucker. It's like a, a fucking, I don't know, like a, a super saiyan. <laughs> like, I, well, I can't do anything to this dude. So Mikey being, you know, the G that he was, or that he is, excuse me, um, goes to battle this dude, right? And I, this is the first time I ever saw flares to 90s. You know, and this is what level he was on at that point in time. And I had never even seen anything like that in person at that point. And um, so, you know, Mikey held his own. He battled his dude for, I don't know, at, at least at least 30 minutes, if not more. And respect to, to, to Mikey Sai. Um, but at that point, I was like, okay, yo, there's there's other gangs out there, you know. There's there's, there's other groups out there that, just, that are about, about it. So... Uh, after that, slowly, um, would get again to go to other events and the zone. And I'm sure you've heard the zone over and over, but this, as far as, as Northern Virginia, Maryland, DC b-boying to me, the zone was like the center of my universe. You know, um, we would go there, it was set up, you know, like you knew what time to be there. You knew how to get there. Your moms knew how to drop you off. Um, and it was the spot, you know, this is where people would battle. So I don't know. I don't remember how I started going there, but when I got there, I was like, okay, all right, this is, this is for real. Cause we had, um, corrupt squad. You had ATD. You had just like this uh, uh, shit. I don't know if you ever, um, uh, what was that crew called? Um, fuck. Um, it was an Asian B-boy crew, dark side. Dark side. Yeah. So that's like, you know, there was a, that was one that was kind of mixed between TRG, like gangsters and, and, and B-boys on the Asian side. And even they, at that point in time, they, they were there. Um, so, so zone is, was, was definitely the, you have to circle back because, you know, I'm starting drinking, I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But, <laughs> but um, the zone was, was, was the center of, of a lot of things as far as um, the local talent and the development. Um, yeah. So, so you pretty much got put down with Vara and you were going to the so, zone. Thank you. Appreciate it. So at that point in time, again, so I would go to the zone, people would see me. Um, you know, uh, Zeno was there because Zeno, his mom lived in Annandale, excuse me. Um, no, his grandmother and his aunt lived in Annandale. Um, so he would come to the zone, um, you know, Amato, Gnome, Crisis, Venus would all be there. Um, so I, you know, I would just do my thing and eventually I got, actually got a call from, from Dara 
from Stride. It was like, yo, you trying to be down with the crew? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because at this point in time, again, I was I was with Hayfield Hip Hayfield Hip Hop Crew, which which is which was dope, but it was like I was ready for that next step. Um, and so that's what it was. And um, you know, at that you know, at that point the only person I knew was, you know, I didn't even know Xeno, I didn't know any of those those cats at that point in time. It was just I just knew Dara as a dude that came through and smoked everybody at, at you know, at Hayville. You know. So wait, so you guys were entering like ciphers mainly back then? You guys were entering like actual competitions back then, or what was it like? It's, well, so back then, you know, to be honest, it was kind of like Lord of the Flies, um, as far as like, yo, no, I mean, it was like, yo, like, on the, yeah, yeah, I got like, you. Like, no, no, for real, like, from at that point in time, you know, so ATD, as far as the history is concerned, is, was something that was started up between Xeno and Loki, right? And I'm sure there's some other people involved, but like, to my knowledge, those were the key, key people in, in, in starting that crew. So, you would consider myself one, generation 1.5. I wasn't there when it was like enacted, but I was definitely there at the very begin at the beginning, essentially, right? Um, and um, so, you know, ATD as a crew, it was grimy, right? It was like, yo, you know, you you would you a dancer, but you're also family first. So it's like, oh, you work at the mall. You were, oh, you work at Auntie Hands? Well, you best bring some, a little bit, a little bit of money, maybe a little bit of Auntie Hands, Auntie Hands for everybody else to eat because we were, we were just like, kind of like, supporting ourselves, you know, at that point. And you know, I had left my house at an early age, and you know, I was just trying to enjoy life and do my thing. Um, so the crew was like, "Yo, let's go hit, let's go hit a fucking, you know, Old Town, let's go hit in D.C." You know, all right, sweet. We chill, hang out, drink, smoke. All right, let's go roll to Pennsylvania. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Let's go to this jam. Roll through the jam and just kill it. You know, and do our thing. And that's that's what you know. ATD was about. You know, at that point in time, was like, you know, just enjoying life, being an individual, not having any cares. It was really that youth, that youth spirit. You know. For sure. So then, so at what point? So from so so it, so it was ATD first, and then you went to Natural Elements. Mm -hmm. Is that how that yeah. story goes? Okay. So yeah, yeah. so did so did create and all those guys come later on after you had left already? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they, okay. they were come. Yeah. And and you know, it's funny thing about create. Create wanted to be ATD like earlier on, um, but the thing was that Mike Xeno had the foresight is that he didn't want to take away from the culture, right? Like, so he, he saw that Create was, was dope, and he saw that he was, like a, like, a leader, and he wanted to see him flourish and blossom on his own and start his own thing. And that's one thing I, I, I recognized very, like, pretty quickly. I was like, oh, I was like, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't want this dude on the crew right now, he wants him to like start his own thing, and that's what he did. He yo, he gave that dude some hunger, yo, and and look at look what happened. <laughs> he was a monster, you know. And he eventually, obviously, became ATD, but he became, you know, he did his own thing as well. Um, so so yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you giving like all this insight that a lot of people don't don't know about, man. I feel like 
Yeah. This is very like necessary information, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, 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 how did you from there? How did you go to not? What's the story to your best perception of Zori mm -hmm. Natural Elements? How did that all come about from that? Uh, I mean, again, I probably have to go back to again. The, you know, the the my my boy Remedy is like, yo, whatever that dude did, I was like, oh, I want to do it. Fuck <laughs> you know, because we grew up together. It's like, yo, yeah. are you doing it? All right, I'm doing it too. And um, but you know, besides that, there there was a a different mentality, a different culture with natural elements. There was a. So again, so if I was, we were looking at ATD, it was like, oh, okay, you know, it's like, oh, useful, you know, we get in a fight, getting drunk, man. We, I remember driving down the street, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the ATD stories. Driving down the street, it was, it was, uh, Exino, no, so Risa was driving, Exino was in the passenger seat, I'm in the back, in the middle, Noam was on the left, and my brother was on the right, and we we're going out egging people at 2 a.m. Right, and driving that street, we see this dude walking down the street. Let me tell you something. Don't fuck with anybody who's walking by themselves at two a.m. in the morning. So we we egg this dude. Yo, I swear to God, this dude got mad, took his jacket off. I was like, he grew like three times. It was like Hulk. And um, so we kind of got, you know, we kind of got a little startled, you know, and. Um, so we drove, and it was a one-way street, so we can only go that direction. I was like, this, this literally is some stupid shit. And as soon as we drove by, because we're not going to try to kill the dude and run him over, but he's in the middle of the street, so we can't go anywhere. So as we drive by, he comes through, and he, like, s swings into the car. And he hits Gnome in the side of the head and takes his, like, he had, like, a new, like, I don't know, Miami we would do, but, which was fun, but, you know, it's young, right? So when, when I was introduced to NEC and I saw how, you know, how they move, it was like, yo, they're responsible. They got your shit together. Rob drives a 300Z with fucking subs in the back. He's like, you know, they got, you know, Brent is working for a, a gas company. I was like, okay, you know, like, you know, we all want to do something with our lives. And I saw that, like, there was, there was, there was a, Again, another stepping because life is to me is about stepping stones. It's like, you know, wherever you at, use that to to move where you want to go, and that's what it was with NEC. It's like, yo, you know, and the style was much more, um, you know, encompassing, taken into house lofting, you know, much more open minded, you know, and, and again to not take anything because I think everything has its place, right? Like, you know, every every dance, every crew. Um, but that's where I where's where I needed to go, you know, and so that's why I joined NEC. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Speaking of NEC, I feel like um, there's a there's a person in that crew that where I met you guys, you and Quick, Quick too. There's this mm -hmm. really really dope clip of you two in Georgetown, mm -hmm. and I, I want to say it's Frost. Is that Frost that's recording you guys? Mm -hmm. Who's recording that whole footage? Okay. So, so Rob is Rob is recording. So I think it's a combination of Rob and Frost, but Rob did the most record most of the recording, for sure. That that video is, I think stands out to me because like back when I first met you guys, everybody was trying to find footage on you both, and the only footage we could find was that video. And what I think what made that video so unique was that you guys were using the environment around you, using the walls, using just every all the elements around you. Like, what's the whole concept behind that video? 
Um, to be honest, I, I, I think I give props to, to Rob on that one. Um, mm -hmm. I think Rob, I, I don't know if he was just got a, kind of wild hair up his butt because he got a new camera. <laughs> or, you know, but no, no, besides that, you know, Rob, Rob's the man, you know, uh, and I, I, he was definitely kind of like encouraging us to do some of that stuff, which is funny because that was, that predates some of the Cujo stuff. Uh, when he came down and was dancing on, you know, he was dancing on everything, the monument, not the monument, but the Lincoln Memorial. Um, and um, yeah, so that was, uh, that, that was, that was dope. That was dope. That was, that was fun. Um, you know, cause we were at the, damn, what, what campus was that? Nah, I can't even tell you. Yeah. But, but, um, but, um, so I feel like, uh, another big part of your life, man, um, uh, that we're, I'm also Remy watching this right now. I'm gonna ask you the same thing, man. Uh, moving to New York, I feel like that mm -hmm. was like a big part of you because you get you were so young, man. You were like 18, 19 years old, right? Am I right yeah. about that? And you went to New York. Like, mm -hmm. what, what was that experience like for you? What were some some of the memories you have? Some of the gigs that you did in New York? Uh, so as far as going up to New York again, when the homies when the homies said they're gonna do something, I, I'm. You know, I'm a very laid back person, but I always want to be involved in what's going on. So there's like, oh, we're moving to New York. You know, Keith's going to school. Kryptonic, Sal, was going up there too. I was like, oh, shit, let's go. I'm going too. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I remember, and hopefully Keith remembers too. So he had just bought this jalopy. And it was a, it was, it was a quintessential jalopy. That joint was like, it was called a Maverick or something. We drove this car halfway there, and that joint ran. I don't know if it was ran out of gas. No, it ran out of gas because that joint was a clunker, yo. I think we had to jump over like some like, um, jump over like a, a divider, get some gas, you know, bring the gas back, jump back up in that joint, and then drive drive back, you know, continue our, our journey to New York. Um, you know, and I'm 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 great. I'm definitely grateful to to Remedy and and to Sal, because um, and I was again I, I was a little younger, but at that time, you know, I'm much much younger, um, to experience it. You know, Keith was going to college, um, Long Island University. Um, I, I I'm not sure exactly what the mo you know the motivation was for Kryptonic to go up there. But again, I was with the homies, so I was like, you can't fail, right? Um, so got to New York and you know, it's wild. You know, you know, it's like, okay, where are we gonna live? Or you know, where you know, fortunately those dudes had, had most of that stuff worked out. Um, but as far as like the shows and stuff, getting getting in there, I mean I had I had put it this way. So I was roomies with Sal and this dude named Ron. Ron was um, a, I don't even know what to call him, the pronouns, but he was a, They're saying everything his he, wasn't a, he was not a transgender, <laughs> but he was gay, but he also played Tina Turner. He was a Tina Turner impersonator. All right. And he had, and dude was wild. He had a long ponytail. He was like half Native American, half black. Um, but that's that's New York, yo. You 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 go to New York, yo. You best be ready for the wildness. And to me, when I got there, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, there's so much flavor, right? Like you, I don't think there's anyone. There, there's no like.
plainness in New York. Everything has flavor, right? And so I'm working at Tapas Helena restaurant. Um, you know, so as far as gigs, you know, I, I'm not sure how it was secured, but we started dancing at the Sound Factory. And the Sound Factory was like the biggest club in New York at the time. I mean, they had blow going through that drink. I mean, they shut it down for drugs. So we would get on stage. We had, um, so we had B-boys, we had uh, strippers, and we had um, uh, um, drag queens. And, and again, I'm sorry if the drag queen is not the proper terminology right now, yeah, but that's what we called them at the point in time. So no, no right. disrespect. Um, but it was, it was dope. We would go on stage. I'm like, yo, you know, I see some titties over here. Uh, you know, I see some tall ass motherfuckers over here. I'm looking, I'm, and I'm six foot one. I'm looking at these. I'm looking at, <laughs> at these pretty tall motherfuckers. <laughs> um, but it was wild, yo. It's like we would, you know, we had the club jumping, you know. So we were in the main room, and yo, when when I say we were dancing on the square. You know, dude, it was hard for me to dance on that, that amount of space because the platform and the stage was very small. So we would, wrote, we would do shows. Every week, we would have a, a different theme. So um, we would uh, buy different outfits. Uh, we would d- set up different routines. And we, would just, and we would sort of coordinate with other groups. And it's like, okay, this is the theme for the week. All right, cool. So we'll go out. You know, we have a little, little little cash flow. We'll go out and buy our, our army fatigues, or we go out and buy our, our cop cop out cop outfits, and um, you know, set up the show. And then so we would work together. It was like, okay, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna do this. Um, but that was that was that was big because you know I would you know I had money in my pocket. I was saving. I had cash in my pocket, and I was saving more than I ever had in my life. You know, and that's b boying, right? That's that's b girling. That's um, you know. That was like the the stepping stones again to to bigger stuff. Man, New York was popping, bro. <laughs> oh, dude, we would get. Yeah, you you want to be there, man? No, no, no. Look, I mean, trust me. There, there's there's some some highs and some lows. But I remember coming out of the club like a vampire. I was like, "Yo, shit, the sun's up, yo!" Like, what? Who the fuck? No, don't do this. <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, just no, no, I didn't do the stripping joint. Who said that? No, so good. That was <laughs> that, that, that was, was hydro. That was hydro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me out there, player. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know where in the timeline this falls, but it's something mm. I missed on. Um, who and what is JBC? Mm. So jbc i i think because i wasn't at the very beginning but i think it was a, a culmination of um the caffeine dancers so um sal mighty mike um and remedy were doing uh caffeine events at like um uh, jacob javits center and other you know many other centers and many other events um to promote caffeine as a dance uh it was i don't know like it was a dance but it was kind of like a a cultural clothing line um and they had some some cool stuff, but it was like kind of like Jinko and kind of like uh, tribal or something. Like it would be kind of like in the middle. And you know they had some cool designs and stuff. But um, so I I think they are the ones that had kind of that, that relationship. Um, and then slowly, um, you know, as I was already in New York, and there were some other people around that you know were, were dancing in JBC. So that would be Yaya. 
um, Hydro. Um, and Hydro was originally also Crazy Natives. Um, well, I don't know if original Crazy Natives, but he was in Crazy Natives. Um, who else? Uh, there were, uh, DJ Nomad, so Kryptonic, Remedy, um, again, Mighty Mike, myself. Um, there was a one Asian guy, and, I, and I, he was he kind of like, it was in and out, and I don't remember his name, uh, so excuse me, but that was JBC crew, and, you know, it formed, again, from that, and then we would go to clubs like the Limelight, you know, we would go to the shelter and rip shit up, you know, um, and that was a core group, because that's, that's, that was, those are the people that I would see on a daily basis, right, like, we would, Keith, Keith and, um, and Hydro were working at, I believe, like, Crunch Gym, and we would go there and practice, so it was like, they always, people always, always know the hookup, right? It's like, okay, you got this? All right, so we're going we're gonna to connect, you know? We're going we're gonna, to, you know, connect our resources. Um, so, yeah, that was, JB, that was JBC. And, I, and I definitely big shout-outs to Mighty Mike because he was, like, you know, kind of, like, I don't know, like, how to, how to put it. He, there was so much knowledge, but, dude, I think the dude's a vampire, to be honest. I don't think he's aged a year. And I looked at his motherfucker, and I was like, how are you still looking like this? <laughs> um but uh yeah yeah um but yeah J- jbc was was again that was that was home that was home base for new york as far as crews okay so was this like in between nec and atd kind of or is it like no no I, I was no i was already i was already nec so this was okay um uh, we moved up there uh this was probably between two uh 2000 and 2003 okay it was when i was there yeah. Okay. So going down the timeline now, I feel like um, this is kind of where I started to meet you <laughs> up at the Modern Club. Um, mm. I feel like you and yeah, you and Yah, man, like you guys were my mentors. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. what, to, to your best memory, like how did that whole idea of recreating Three Nines start? Mm. And like, what was the whole? Because like, I feel like Three Nines had like you look back on the history of Three Nines. Like, all the people I talked to deep and all those guys, like, it had such a rich history, like, a lot of principles, yeah. lot of, you know, a lot to it. Like, what would y'all's approach to rebranding in? Um, to be honest, I, 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 I can't take any of that credit. Um, I think that credit is, is down to low-key and yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was one of those situations where they were like, yo, we want to do this? And I was like, shit, I'm down, you know? And you have to think at this point, we're getting starting to get much older, right? We've already built these relationships, right? You know, so Phil, low key. I mean, me and y'all have been boys since fucking nineteen ninety seven, probably. Um, it's like a no brainer, right? So it's like it's like if I came to you right now, I was like, yo, I want to start this crew. What would you say? I would say yeah, all day. Yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's what it is. It's like. You know, it's like you had these long, this long running relationship with um, with people and you know your friends. It's like, it's like, oh, you don't you don't second guess. It's like, oh, you want to do that? All right, cool, let's go. You know, and I and for me, from my perspective, that's what it was. You know, I wasn't as heavy into the history of of three nines as as some other people. Um, and again, it's just because like I can immediately co-sign with anything that Yah says or anything Loki says, you know what I mean? And I, I knew the history of some of the older people, but um, again, I was not involved. So 
I didn't have any like direct connection. But when your boy says you're gonna do something, it's like okay, I want to participate as well. Yeah. And then, and bring and bringing you on was like okay, well you know come on man, it's mom. <laughs> <laughs> um. So from from dancing, I feel like from dancing. Um. And I think the cool thing that you and you and Remedy you guys both has like you guys literally like shifted to a whole different craft. Both of you guys have. You no, know, like you're. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is, is, are you considered a cyclist now, or what do you call? What, what do you do? Um, what, what's the mm. correct word for that? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I am a cyclist. Um, I guess a com- uh, amateur elite is amateur what they call elite. it. So, okay. I, so it's like so. The, the differentiation is that I do not get paid for it. I can I can win money, right? And I can I can win stuff, but I don't get paid. I don't have a salary. So that's. That's the difference between a professional and an amateur elite, right? And, okay. you know, some amateur elites can compete with um, continental pros, but, um, yeah, it's not, not too many. <laughs> how, did, how did you go from, like, like, like what, what elements or what situations happened for you to shift to that specific, you know, mm. craft? Yeah, so when I, when I met my wife, I was, at this point, like, kind of, coming off of drinking a lot and just being an overweight and, and I had not been dancing, you know, at all, pretty much. Like I would get drunk and then dance and that was it. <laughs> um, so I was trying to, you know, get, get healthy again. And so my wife bought me a mountain bike. And then so I started a mountain bike and then I would see these, these old Bamas pass me. I'm like, Oh man, not like, why does, why does dude passing me? Like, no, that ain't going down like that. And I was like, yo, I turned, I went back to the bike shop and go, you gotta, you gotta replace this. Something wrong with this bike. And they said, oh, it's because you're riding a road bike, or excuse me, a mountain bike. So you need a road bike. And I was like, all right, got a road bike, started riding that. Um, and then so from there, it's like, it just challenge after challenge, challenge after challenge. And I'll segue this into something as far as uh, b-boying is concerned. Uh, it's like the things that I learned as a b-boy and they set the um the like the criteria for anything that I learn right so if i if I'm tackling something new like i'm 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 bringing the dedication and the commitment and the and the consistency of working on my stupid six steps, both fucking directions, thank you, Brent and Rob over and over and over again, over and over and over again, that is worth ethic. You take that worth ethic and you apply it to something else. It's directly transferable. The B-boys and B-girls, and not only B-boys and B-girls, and excuse me for saying that, like anyone in the hip-hop culture, you know, when you, you know, you're scratching, you're, you know, uh, you're writing, you're, you're, you know, doing letters or whatever, graph, like the, the, the consistency and the practice all that stuff is directly related to anything you ever do in your in your life. And the most successful of people I know are hands down the people that I met when I started this from day one. Right. We got we have actors. We have people who work into the in the um, patent uh, office in D.C. We have lawyers. We have um, real estate agents. We have all of that. We have everything. Where did they learn that? They learned that from the commitment and the consistency of training, right? And trying to evolve and trying to adapt. So 
that's the definitely if if anything else sticks out to anybody, you know, is is that you, you're you're learning the foundations for the rest of your life, for sure. Mm. I like that. Big crap, sorry. man. <laughs> nah, don't be sorry. Why are you sorry, oh, bro? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave me a hell of an episode tonight, man. Like I really, really. This yeah. this this episode was definitely yeah. better than I expected it to be, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if it's a good it, thing or bad thing. No, this is how to take that. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I'll fuck with you. I'll fuck with you. I know you are. Um, before I wrap it up, I always give this opportunity to everybody. Um, yeah. is, there, is there any last words you got? I mean, you have a lot of people watching tonight, man. Um, is there any last words you want to get somebody watching? Uh, any shout yeah. outs? Or just anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to say to everybody? Yeah. So, all right. So first, I would say in, in the vein of, of, of our culture is that props, utmost props to all the teachers out there. I'm talking Task Rock. I'm talking Stealth. I'm talking Shogun. I'm talking, you know, Russell Iron Man. Um, because these these are the these are the unspoken. It's like a teacher, right? Any teacher, you, you you the unspoken warriors are heroes, right? Like they don't get the credit that that's due to them. Because to be honest, I got a lot of shit going on. I got a job. I got two kids. I got a house. I like the bike. This blah blah blah. blah. But no one cares about that. But the fact that these cats can still continue to um, to put out energy for other people is like that's the only thing carrying on the culture. What else is going to carry on the culture? You think it is because someone sees a video of someone doing some flares? or an air flare that they're just going to magically B-boys are going to stop, continue to grow. No, B-boys are going to start to continue to do their thing. No, it, you have to. And then again, so Rob Brent, you know, I, I will put it out there. It's like, they did exactly that. They was like, yo, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You don't have to be the fucking the best. Like all oh, this, this, this kid's got amazing, you know, cool. Great. Is he going to go to every jam? Is he fucking actually cool? You know, you know, these are all things can even match his clothes. These are all things that matter. Right. So, again, these people are pillars of our community. Right. And then it doesn't matter what element it is that need that perpetuates the culture, because without them, it ain't happening, you know, Thankfully, maybe because of the Olympics, things will just kind of like coast along and grow. But there was always will be a grassroots movement, right? Always will be a grassroots movement. So that's the people that I would like to congratulate and thank, you know, and they don't get the credit. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, Iron Man. And thank you, fucking... You know, Shogun, thank you all because they are doing the thing. They are in the they they are in the fucking weeds. They are on the fucking fields battling right now, because it's I, you know what I'm a participant. You know, I did my thing. I got out. Cool, but these people continue to do their thing. So that's the people that I want to shout out, and I also get a, a extra extra shout out to Killer Cam. 
Shogun's son, right? And what the, the, if I can bestow any knowledge on my man, continue to do your thing and to realize who you doing it for. Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for other people? Because that's going to dictate how you dance. That's going to dictate how you navigate through this culture. Do it for yourself, my man. Because the people that I thought were whack, because I'm, I will admit, I'm an old school basic, you know, I want to see basics. I want to see your footwork. I want to see power moves, but I want to see them tied back into flavor, right? That's just me. But some of the best people don't do that, right? But that's just my perspective. So don't be afraid to do what you think is right and be yourself. You know what I mean? So that's, 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 that's it. That's it. Damn. Woof. Yo, thank you so much, bro. Um, and I got to give you your flowers too, man. I think a lot of people, um, you know, don't realize like, you know, you were talking about remedy all night. For me, you were my remedy, you know? So I always wanted to be around you and y'all. I always wanted to be a part of whatever you guys said I did, you know? So I think it's a very interesting contrast with like passionate torch, you know? Like, so mm -hmm. thank you for making me feel like I was part of something I was going through a lot in my life, you know? Uh, a lot of, a lot, a lot of heavy stuff in my life. And you guys taught me structure. You guys taught me brotherhood. You guys taught me family. So I love, I always love you guys for that. So, so thank you for uh, doing this episode tonight for me, man. This, this yeah, episode, yeah, uh, very special for me, man. Very special for me. So. Hey, yeah. look. <laughs> in the heart, baby. In the heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I love you, Jay. Before you go, before everyone hits the road, I love. <laughs> I love everybody, and look, it doesn't matter who you are or what, what part you play, but you play the part. You know what I mean? Cheers, bro. Cheers. Got an energy drink, but it's all good. Woof. Have a blessed night, brother. <laughs> hey, tune in, tune in tomorrow night. Uh, we got Remedy same time tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure Remedy's taking notes right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, I'm, yeah, be yeah. ready. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, much love, y'all. Have a good night. Deuces. <laughs>